This is the Coming Out Loved and Supported Podcast, the group for the LGBTQ plus community and family of LGBTQ plus wanting to learn more and do better. I am your host, Annie Henderson. I'm a certified professional life coach and also a member of the LGBTQ plus community. We are so glad you're here. Please like and subscribe. And if you know anyone that is needing support as they are going through their journey, please share because I honestly believe by doing so, we can save lives. Hello, this is Annie Henderson, your coming out coach on the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. You're in for a treat today as we welcome mindfulness and body language coach and speaker, Stephanie Nash. Stephanie, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Oh, me too. I have to tell everybody real quick. Um, I opened up one of my favorite meditation apps this morning, Insight Timer, and whose face did I see? (laughs) Right? So that is so cool that you are featured often on there. Like I have seen you more than once. So you're, you're kind of a big deal, Stephanie. I love that. <laughs> you're in for a treat. So I can retire now. Is that it? <laughs> no, you have too much good stuff to offer. Okay. All right. So let me give everyone um, a little bit of background about you and then we'll dive right in. Uh, Steph Nash is a mindfulness and body language coach and speaker who is a top expert in the unified mindfulness system, which she used when working with Harvard Medical School on a brain study and in the meditation recording she made for a Carnegie Mellon stress reduction study. Ooh, that's so exciting. (laughs) Her face may be familiar from the 30 years playing moms on TV. And it was through her Yale School of Drama training that she became fascinated with the power of body language and laughter to affect how we think and feel. She teaches at UCLA Arts and Healing and also for their Social Emotional Arts program. Just before the pandemic, she co-led UCLA's first ever lab for humanities curriculum, exploring how mindfulness affects learning. Whoa. And it was writers, so that we, they had to meditate and then write. So it was creative. That's, so, that's so amazing. It was fun, yeah. Yes, I love hearing all of those familiar names, right? Everyone listening is like, oh, we know UCLA. We know Harvard <laughs> Medical School. So it's so exciting uh, uh, to have you on. So um, I also have down that you specialize in helping people optimize challenges into mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. Let go of stressful, negative thinking. Mm-hmm. So many people rewire their relationships to food and eating. That's huge. And create more ease and well-being in their lives. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> ease, well-being. Okay. <laughs> so, Steph, uh, tell me a little bit about your journey. And, um yeah, so everyone can can hear and and get a get a good sense of who you are and why you do what you do. I'd love to. And before you just remind me, I, before I forget, because I probably will. Um, on Insight Timer, since you brought it up, you brought it up because I have a live session tomorrow. But I have a course on there that is 
really popular and about, I don't know, eight, 9,000 people have taken it and it's got mm -hmm. a high, they score you, you know, you get scores. Yeah. It's like, but it's called letting go of negative thinking and judgment. And so I just wanted to recommend it. It's a 10 lesson course and the first five are about letting go and the next five are about creating positive but uh, lessons but I, I I wasn't even thinking to mention it but when you said negative thinking I went oh yeah I got a course on that that anyone can access so yeah how exciting yeah yeah so my story um and I was thinking of how to to say this for this today I I'm gonna uh first just I want to go to one day there was a day when I suddenly realized that I had been seeing for a while, for a long while, maybe forever, but I suddenly saw it that I realized people in all directions, maybe even most people, were complaining about thoughts and feelings that their bodies were inviting. Mm -hmm. Now, I came, as you read, I came from the Yale School of Drama. It's maybe considered maybe one of the best actor training programs in the English speaking world. And that we had, and you get a lot of the best guest teachers in the world kind of coming through. And one guy came through one time with a certain kind of acting training where he taught us just by holding your body in certain positions without any thought of what's going on or why, you can evoke strong emotions. So I had learned that. And then I'm watching people saying, oh, I'm feeling so anxious. And their body is in a position, if I want an actor to, to feel anxious, I would put their body in that position. And I used to, when talking about this, say, okay, everyone, try it. But then I realized in 10 seconds, I can make you feel anxious. But then it took everyone like you know, if I was doing a workshop, it took them several minutes to kind of come back. And I thought, wow, if 10 seconds of doing something for someone who doesn't have an issue can have it stick for a few minutes, imagine if that's your habitual way of holding your body. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's there all the time. And I saw people's bodies inviting the emotions by the position of the body, also by how the body was moving, and then the physical structure of the body, how the body over years of having this emotional way of holding their body, the body had started to adapt and kind of integrate and develop physically in a certain kind of way to kind of hold that position in place. And so I then set out on a mission and I said, you know, actors know things or in this actor training. Now, all actors don't go nutty on the physical training. I was just kind of nuts on that. I was fascinated <laughs> because I came from a very kind of physically repressed background where everything was appropriate and you just stay in your little box. Mm -hmm. And, you mm -hmm. know, it. Yeah, you have to expand and play huge people and be able to play royalty and warriors and and various other things so i thought i wanted to be able to help other people learn how just the body alone can affect your thoughts and feelings and i've taught classes on that for several years and then with mindfulness i learned about where you the power of where you're putting your attention oh well first my very first meditation, like the first time I say I meditated in public, like I didn't know what I was doing. Like everyone else, you close your eyes and go, okay, what's supposed to happen? What am I supposed to do? This is really boring. Am I looking at a candle? My thoughts aren't going away. You know, that whole like, you know, do I have to sit here any longer? I was doing that. And I finally signed up for like a day long where there were instructors. 
And in that interaction, that first day, I learned that I was not my thoughts. That was a big one. And that my thoughts were not real. And I was really pissed about that. I got (laughs) to say, I'd made all the decisions in my life based on my thoughts being real. And my thoughts, of course, were mostly judgments. And so, you know, my judgments of what happened or how I'm... And I thought, oh, my God, if they're not real, I've got to go make a lot of apologies, you know. (laughs) You know, that was a a shattering conceptual thing to take in. Uh, But as they explained it in this particular unified mindfulness technique that I'm now an expert in, um, I went, you know what? I can't be those thoughts. They've got to be right. Uh, But that's a, I wasn't intending to say that, but that was the first thing I got the first day. But the main thing, other main thing that, you know, for people who go, oh, meditation, kind of like what I was saying. Mm-hmm. I can't sit still, and what's the point? And how's this make me a better person, and why did my doctor prescribe this? Um, but I learned about how where you put your attention not only affects your life experience, but that is your life experience. Yeah. Who you are, what you care about, what's happened, what you want to happen, what your dramas are. All that comes in from where you're putting your attention in each moment. And you can choose, as many people do, because we've got a negativity bias, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll choose what the problem is, what the fear is, what the, the negative. And, you know, our ancestors had to do it to survive, to know what to fix. And it's not helping us so much at the moment. <laughs> or you can choose to look away or you can choose, you know, the, we, there's different strategies that you can use when you don't know you have other options. Because what we don't do is we don't train young people we're only starting now mindfulness is now starting to go into schools but when i grew up they were teaching you math they were teaching you how to write how to present yourself no one was teaching you how to focus your mind no one was teaching you how to you know and focusing your mind isn't just about being able to keep your attention in one place it's about letting go of everything else you know you have to go okay i'm just not going to chew on that thought and there's a real uh, power and freedom to that. We often don't, you know, when they say kids are born in prison, they don't know they're in prison. They don't know anything else, right? And it's like we didn't realize our limitations until you, until you see these options. And so uh, the fact that we weren't training ourselves as a young age to, to focus, to let go of stuff. The other thing we don't teach is how to process emotions. Mm. And when I say process, you know, we teach you, uh, obviously, how to have a drink. Uh, alcohol does a good business. When I was young, cigarettes were big, and everyone would have a cigarette break. And I'd say, you know, I love the break. Can I have the break without the cigarette? Because nope. cigarettes <laughs> made me throw up, you know. And I'd say, can I have a cup of tea? But then I had to sit out with a bunch of people smoking, blowing smoke in my face, and that didn't work. But I loved the break, and this was long before meditation. Now, I guess we got vaping, but those are those have become glamorized. And so, you know, the processing of emotions, and we might say, oh, I go to therapy, and I have a psychology degree from Duke. I was going to be a clinical psychologist. That was going to be my interest. But I discovered, now, a lot of my clients are <laughs> therapists, and I, and I uh, speak at psychology institutes, so I'm not bashing 
this psychological way of coming into things, but I discovered you can talk about it and it doesn't change your behavior and it doesn't necessarily change your feelings and it can sometimes make you even more upset at your parents or whoever you're upset with. And I spent a lot of time mad at my mother and then I was mad at my father and, you know, whatever came up in therapy, I'd get mad. And so I thought, what I've learned with mindfulness is there's a kind of processing. And when, so when I say process, I mean, I, I like the analogy of digestion. I work with food and eating issues a lot. And when we digest, we take the nutrients and we get rid of the stuff we don't want. So there's the waste. And we're not sitting around in it. We let it go and we put it somewhere else and we wash it away. And on, most of us tighten up around it, maybe put it down in a drawer so it's unconsciously distorting our perception and behavior. Because mm-hmm. if you're not seeing something, if you're, if you're keeping yourself from seeing something, like in denial, if you keep yourself from looking at what you don't want, you're also missing the good stuff. You're cutting off a whole side of your view. So those were kind of uh, two of the main things, the idea of the focus, the ability to focus. One was the processing of emotions, I guess, now that I'm talking about it, on the deepest level, and once you get a meditation practice and get through that, what am I doing? And get a coach, (laughs) get a coach, and just have someone design something for you that you like, that feels good, that's productive. You don't have to follow your breath. There's just so many things to do. But when you get deeper in your practice, you get insights into who and what you are beyond your circumstances, beyond on the deepest level. And once you be able to are able to do that, you're able to access a, a zero, a calm. A, you know, it's like the eye of the hurricane. You're able to. It's the groundless ground that supports you always. It's the one thing that's consistent. Your emotions aren't. They're going to come and go. Your thoughts are going to come and go. Your body's going to come and go. But the one thing that's always there is this this access to what I will call the source. Uh, everyone's got to have a different word for it. But meditation can be a vehicle for helping us drop down into a deeper truth. And then, uh, and, and, and also, when you talk about decision-making... Uh, I work a lot with a lot of people with decision-making. I say, let's just not make the decision from an emotional place. Because when your emotions expand, your IQ contracts. Let's just be honest about <laughs> <So> it. <true. laughs> who does Who does something smart when you're really emotional? And so you mm-hmm. want to be able to process the emotions, get the nutrients. The nutrients would be the wisdom. Emotions arise to give us information we need to know. If it's hanging around... Because look at babies, look at animals. Babies cry, 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 cry. You put the nipple in the mouth and the baby doesn't say, and I'm really mad about last Thursday. (laughs) Right? It's done. It's good. And they shake it off and they're present. And we come in with that ability and we develop this other habit pattern. So meditation is a way of kind of rewiring that habit pattern and, and See, I was going to tell you about myself and I ended up going into meditation and mindfulness <laughs> because I love it. But, but that's, that's basically, you know, I studied with Shenzhen Young. Um, he was the teacher I went to at that, first, at that first day. And I thought he was really great. And I became his, one of his top teachers like within a year. And Amazing. that's all you need to know about me. <laughs> um, I'd, rather, I'd rather talk about this, you know, h- how things work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um... 
you have obviously the mindfulness background. Can you talk to us a little about emotional processing? Yeah. So, well, that's kind of what I was just talking about. Like we don't teach it. So how do you do it? Um, and there isn't one way. There, you know, there isn't one way to do anything. There's a lot of, any way that works is the way. Uh, and there might be a lot of the ways. Um, I think uh, for the purpose of this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in the mindfulness way, uh, 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 a mindfulness way. So when we have emotions, and sometimes an emotion comes from a momentary situation, Someone just said that to me, or they sent me this text, or you know, or it was on Facebook or social media or whatever. We have an external, immediate condition we're responding to, or I'm late, or I'm in love with that person, or you know, I'm upset about that. And sometimes, and if, and if something has an intensity, but it isn't just circumstantial in the moment, that it's extended over time, like. I want to come out and I'm holding on to this every day and and I've got emotions that conf uh, uh, conflict with each other at the same time and 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 I worked with eating disorders and and so you know you could just spend your day kind of torn about this mm -hmm. when you have emotions that have an intensity to them and they're hanging out over a longer period of time now before, earlier, when I was talking about body language, I talked about, hey, it literally affects your, what does the body do and how can we move the body to shift it? But in, in terms of just the, the processing, when it's over a longer period of time, we, we tend to, hmm, we tend to, I wanna say accept, we tend to incorporate that emotion almost as part of our identity in a way. And we're not quite aware that it's something we can be free of until we've let it go often. Mm -hmm. Because especially if it's been there from a young age, it's been with us for so long, we don't know it's separate. So the processing that I'm going to talk about can work for this immediate emotion like, oh, someone just said that. <gasps> I almost hit that car. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, what do I do with that? And the way that applies, and I'm going to describe that process, but the way that applies to these emotions that have become integrated into the fabric of what we are, is you do that regularly with kindness. Mm. Okay. And because it's, it's um, my, my f uh, favorite analogy I have is, you know, if you have a, a cliff, this beautiful rocky cliff with the ocean coming up and the wave comes up against the cliff and it pounds up against the cliff every day or every wave for years. And then one day, a hunk of the cliff just drops off. Did that wave do it? No, not really. So, so kind of continuing with the waves of doing this you don't go well was that meditation good i don't know i didn't go to nirvana and that meant no 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 you just keep doing it and it's like the wave coming in against the rock so what i'm going to offer here um for processing emotion would be to and and for some people this is at first you they've got to find it but 
look at the body sensation of the emotion. Now, me saying, what's the emotional sensation in your body? At first, often women go, oh, I know exactly where it is. And men go, what do you mean? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Sensation in my body? However, that doesn't mean, and, and I've just said all men and all women, and of course that's not true. That's an overgeneralization. But I found in working, and especially men, older men, uh, over the age now, I would say over the age of 50 or 60 of a generation that was taught mm -hmm. to not mm -hmm. acknowledge or show feelings. But um, I found in working with the men, I would say, well, I'd say, what do you feel? What emotion? And they go, oh, I don't feel anything in my body. And then I kept saying, so now you're laughing. Do you feel anything in your body? Like, well, yeah, I feel that. And, and just with me asking them continuously in about two sessions, they're reporting in the most vivid detail. So the ability was there all along. No one had ever just said, not only is it okay, there's value in tuning yeah. into this sensation. And wherever you feel anxiety in your body, and for most people, it's usually up in the chest with a kind of tightness, panic attacks, or kind of the diaphragm kind of stops, and you feel like you can't breathe. Um, anger might be a flush in the face, might be tension in the jaw, back of the neck. Uh, sadness might be a heaviness maybe in the face, and teariness might be a kind of gut in the belly. I'm mentioning where they generally are, but where it is for you is good to know and tune into because it's always going to be there. And so you get to know how anxiety manifests in your body. And, and when I say, usually the generic terms would be anger, fear, sadness, shame. Those are the big four. That's our suffering right there. You got some cocktail of those. Mm -hmm. And anger can be anything from I'm a little little irritated to I'm putting a golf club in the window of their car to a rage. You know, fear can be, oh, I'm a little nervous to a panic attack. Sadness can be, oh, look at the puppy, or to, to I'm so depressed. I, there's no reason to function. Shame can be, oh, I'm embarrassed to, I want to kill myself. So there's a range in these of intensity. But if you get to know where they are physically in the body, they're always going to be in a similar place. When they're more intense, they may take more area. They may have more intensity. And when you get to know these different places where emotions are, and I have a, uh, a CD. In fact, if you... There's a YouTube video, I think it's called The Talk Feel Connection I've got out there, where I play sounds and people, you hear someone crying or you hear someone laughing or you hear uh, uh, birds chirping or you hear, uh, you know, a subway train. Or, you know, I, have, I have all these sounds that we respond to and I do it just to help people find where these emotions are in the body. So anyway, you start to notice where these emotional sensations are in the body. And so when you're upset and you're angry or you're anxious or you're, you're suffering in any way, that was all a preamble. So here's the how-to. When you're suffering in any way, look to the body and what are you feeling probably in the front part of your torso. That's going to be where most emotions happen. And you say, okay, what's happening in the body? And the minute you really focus on the sensation, you got to let go of the story. Because what we do 
when we have an emotion, we're replaying the story continuously. And every time we replay it, we're putting another log in the fire we're trying to put out. Mm-hmm. So by getting fascinated, just like if you've ever had a kid, if you've ever had a three-year-old or a four-year-old with a ladybug and they go, whoa, that is so cool. And the world goes away and there's just this ladybug, right? So treat the physical sensations in your body like a ladybug. And you just kind of notice where they are. And like with anxiety, your heart might be pounding, you might have, and there might be movement, there might be a gripping dark ball, but you notice the sensation in the body, breathe out around it, start to notice if it wants to move in any way, because emotions are meant to move. And when earlier I talked about babies and animals, it's meant to flow through like weather. So if your emotions sticking around, mm-hmm. you're consciously but probably unconsciously holding it in place and that can also happen with physical tension I've got this emotion so I'm going to clench my jaw and hold my breath so I don't feel it okay that locks it in place Mm. that ensures it's going to stay there and maybe make you sick Uh, yeah thank you thank you very much thank you very much that's (laughs) really good so if you just go right to the sensation in the body, let go of the story, and let it move however it wants to move, as if you're the water and it's a living creature. That is the beginning of that digestive process. And as that happens, you may start getting flashes of images of things that are connected to that wisdom part, and you begin to let it go. And what usually happens then is people get hot, they start to feel energy in their body because that the emotion is energy that was locked Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of energy going in to hold it in place and resist it so when you let go of the resistance that's extra energy we now have access to the emotion moves with extra energy we have access to and suddenly your anxiety is excitement and the energy I will say I didn't know I was having panic attacks all my life till I stopped having them but I, I am teased by my meditation teacher as being like the energizer bunny that I have this endless energy. And that energy is the same energy that was panic attacks, still arising with that habit pattern, but now transforming naturally into an excitement and a kind of bliss. And that's the energy I run on. That's the energy I create with. And so what I've just described, you're not going to be able to do it from the description because remember how I said emotions arise uh, as emotions expand IQ contracts Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. be smart enough to know you're stupid and don't act that's my little comic uh, two-liner so when you get the emotions have someone guide you in this you know get a UM teacher and have somebody guide you in this because don't drive the car don't have to think of where you're going when the emotions are big but once you're guided through it it's yours just get guided once and then you go oh oh I can just do this and this and then it starts to flow then once you've done that and sometimes actually before we even get to this emotional processing part in fact often I first have to teach people deep relaxation what letting go means because if I say let go around that they're like well what do you mean (laughs) how many people do you think actually know how to deeply relax oh a a tiny percentage (laughs) yeah right like the first thing i do well let's do something right now take a big breath in and a big sigh out big breath in (sighs) 
Now, did something like go? Did something for like me? go when you did that? Yeah. Not for me. I'm definitely. <laughs> okay. So, so if I have people take a big breath in, I do this with workshops of yeah. hundreds of people. Big breath in, big breath out. <sighs> Even if you don't have tension, usually you feel a release in your diaphragm. Then I'll say, do a second breath in and out, and you pick something to let go of. Your jaw, your neck, your chest, your shoulders, your belly, a thought. <sighs> Just let go of something. And on the third one, I'll say, okay, now for this one, put mm, 25, 30% of your attention on what let go, either naturally the first time or what you chose. And you can pick something to let go of. And then the rest of your attention two-thirds, three-quarters, on the whole body. And do big breath in. And, and what you want to do is notice if there is a subtle spread of softening in the whole body from that central release. Just like when you drop a pebble into a pond, there's a little splash and a subtle ripple out into the water. In that same way, let the body be the water and when you breathe in, take a big breath in, breath out. And during the exhalation and after, and see if there's that subtle spread of softening in the body and that wave out. And it's very, very subtle. And we've been breathing a long time, uh, like since you've been here. Mm -hmm. And you've had many breaths out in size. But probably no one has guided you to tune into that subtle spread. And that's what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is coming in for that kind of clarity, that kind of detail, that kind of appreciation. And the more you consciously do that, and I have people doing that all day long, they'll just stop and go, oh yeah, I felt that spread. And it's like you just went to Tahiti. It's like you just got a massage mm -hmm. from the inside. <laughs> And so I teach that first and things like that, other kinds of release and relaxation, so they get a sense of it. Then we'll go to the emotions in the body. So I did a little out of sequence here. And relax, breathe out around those and let those flow. And then what I say, because when other people say, oh, just think positive thoughts, just think a positive thought. And you're kind of having a fighting match with the no I'm not worth it <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't or or affirmations where you feel like you're lying to yourself I am a powerful person no I'm not really you know it's like you know, so if you just go to what emotions come when you say I'm not a powerful person let the words go relax the body feel those emotions flow and once the emotional sensations begin to flow they don't have to release because especially if it's emotions you've been holding on to for years or decades, just they're going to just begin to flow. You're just going to begin to feel a little energy. That's when that moves. That's the tilling the soil. Then you put the seeds of whatever positive thought or feeling you want. You don't take seeds and throw them on hard, hard earth and say, why aren't they growing? Right? <laughs> yes. So it's like a farming. I'm doing farming and digesting analogies. <laughs> so that would be... That's uh, that was me kind of going on, but that would be a sense of this. And then your decisions, when you put your positive in, or when you begin to let it flow, you might put a little drop, just like a drop of, you know, you, you're already water by that point, right? Just put a drop of love, forgiveness, appreciation, that's a pretty flower, whatever little drop of a positive you want. You only need one drop of dye in the water to color it, right? Put that in, then open your eyes, then make your decisions. Don't make your decisions when you're going, 
oh, I'm not worth it. No, 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 no. So then you make your decisions, and then, then I say go find a supportive community. And thank God what you're offering here, you're offering, you're offering something that did not exist when I was in crisis. There were no, there were no podcasts. And <laughs> there were no books on right. what I was suffering with. You know, I, I, I had an eating disorder and there was nothing on it. And I ended up learning about nutritional healing and changing my relationship to my body. And I went, oh, so self-care isn't about, damn it, I have to do something nice to myself. Eating good food isn't about, oh, I've got to have this discipline. It's about changing a relationship to your body that, oh, we're partners here. <laughs> How would you treat your child? Well, treat your body that way, you know? Mm-hmm. you know. And so in that, part of that care is, and I've realized this, I don't think I re- even realized this till later in my life, the supportive community, how important that is, how important it is to hear people tell their stories, and that's well, the service you're providing with that. And the place you, when you told me what you were doing, I went, oh my God, <laughs> a way to, you know, to come out with support. Wow. Because that's usually the crisis is it's not a supportive environment. Right. You know, and so yeah. you got to find your support. And we didn't have internet when I went through this. So there just wasn't a way to, and it would, it was shameful to even say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just the social stigma was so, and, and, you know, and there's professional and personal. And so anyway, so that was my spiel about processing emotions. And I ended up going into making decisions and finding a supportive community. Uh, (laughs) Yes, we thank you for that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. So since you were in such a giving mood. (laughs) have a self-compassion exercise for us. Oh, yes. I, I, I did request doing this. So I I do a lot of talks and sessions and like on Inside Timer, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff. And this is something and I, I teach different things. Like I teach presentation skills and sometimes I'm teaching a body language class and other times it's mind, mindfulness and other times it's something else. But there's, this is a little exercise that I have found myself throwing in. Like, I threw this into a presentation class. It really isn't. The, you know, there's other things we're really working on. <laughs> but I, I, I threw it into classes, and it's one of the things that sometimes people cry, and so it was powerful for them. But it's one of the things people point out. Like, I did it one time on the fly because someone said something in a class, and I went, oh, honey, here, let's do this. <laughs> and then everybody went, that was great. And I went, oh, okay, well, let me throw it in again. And I've always had people, and uh, and I ha- have people say how powerful it was for them, and it's very simple. And I got this, um, oh, God, I always try to give credit to where I get things from. And I can't, you know, when you do things for as long as Uh, I have, it's been decades. (laughs) I can't remember, but I know I got it and I changed it. And this is a way, and I started doing this a lot during the pandemic because we already weren't getting hugged enough. Mm-hmm. before the pandemic mm-hmm. and then we had a pandemic mm-hmm. and then some people were like alone in a room like my mother was with her you know yeah. husband whose mind 
was going where it was going. And, you know, she said, okay, I've painted every painting in the world, but, you know, you'd, we, we're not getting hugs. And that's oxytocin is a, what we call the hugging hormone. And yes. women, we get oxytocin when we have sex. We, women get it when they give birth. It connects us to other people and helps us feel connected. And in the pandemic, we were ah, feeling connected was tough, although enter Zoom. <laughs> now we've got the verb to Zoom. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still not the same as being touched. So this is a way, uh, this is three ways in which you can, I, I call it um, compassionate touch, but it's three ways in which you can touch yourself and release oxytocin and help you feel more connected. So the first one is really simple. You take a hand. In general, I ask people to take the hand, if you're right-handed or left-handed, whichever hand you write with, take that hand and place it on the opposite upper arm. And so, and then you can just softly stroke down below the shoulder above the elbow, just the upper arm, and slow, uh, stroke down in a way you would stroke somebody to reassure them, right? And the other thing you can do is squeeze, kind of just squeeze it a little bit. And it's kind and, and when we do this, the first time is that you're the person offering the compassion. You're the person, so you feel what it's like to give somebody that kind, reassuring stroke, right? And maybe even that squeeze, and I added the squeeze. <laughs> and the, the study of the, of the oxytocin was with the stroke, but the squeeze is good too. <laughs> and, and, and you feel what it's like when I have people who are depressed and I'm working with them. If they're, and this is before pandemic, they were in an office. I made them go find somebody else who looked like they were having a harder day and make that person smile. Because depression, we can go into our own world. And so that connected them to others. Well, this, bringing your hand across and stroking, is you being the one. You're calling upon your compassion, your ability to take care of somebody else there. And just feel what that's like to stroke and be there for someone. Then you feel what it's like to get stroked, to have someone grab your arm and say, I got you, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a lovely one. The second one is one that's kind of more common and known and used in our culture and all cultu cultures. And if you take your hand and you press it on your upper chest, below the clavicle and above your boobs, or whatever you have there. <laughs> <laughs> and again, what the, the study was, was a gentle stroke. What I've also discovered was a lovely pressure. Now, I will, if someone says something that I go, oh, that's beautiful, I will take both my hands and press them on my chest. And that I see that as a body language communication of, I hear you, I'm with you. But just to feel what that feels like, normally we, we do it naturally and often in a desire to express to someone else, but we're not tuning into the feeling. And so a lot of people like the kind of pressure there, either pressure or the stroke, and that can be one that can be very soothing. And a lot of people feel very, very soothed with this. And if you're trying this, as I'm saying this, and tears are coming, don't try to think of a reason for the tears. That's, once you attach a story to something, you're, you're locking it in and not letting it flow. So just feel the tears and just let that be movement happening. And so that's a, a lovely one to do. And the third one is maybe my favorite. And I've got an 80-year-old man in Norway that this changed his world. 
And this is to take either hand and place the fingers, maybe the palm, on your cheek very delicately, very softly, and maybe, maybe the gentlest stroke or hold. And it's so tender, so slow, so gentle. And this is the way lovers touch each other's face when they look into each other's eyes when they're first falling in love. This is the way mothers touch their babies. This is a gentle form of cherishing touch that we don't do any other time. Like once you're married for a million years, <laughs> you're not really doing it a lot. And I found when I go over to somebody or if I'm with my significant other and he's having a hard time and I'll walk over to him and go, oh, and I just put my hand here and I touch him and he might burst into tears or something, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's this gentle, and so you feel what it's like to cherish someone with your hand and again, feel what it's like to have that cheek stroked with love and cherished and to be cherished who doesn't want to be cherished who doesn't deserve to be cherished so these are I wanted to just kind of share these because anyone can do this at any moment it can help you and you go well I'm alone in a room how is this making me feel connected to people you know it will the next people you talk to you're coming in with this and then you're a gift to everyone here, here with after that. So I, I just, I, that was the one thing I. Yeah, I love that. I love yeah. that. My, uh, <laughs> my clients often get challenged to do like a 20 second hug when they're <laughs> with their loved ones and they're like, it's a little awkward. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love this because all, yeah, there's so many people that are at home alone and we need that flood of oxytocin as well. So I liked it. It felt great. <laughs> I hope everyone else uh, okay. took a moment to do that as well. Um, okay. Steph, you are brilliant. I love all of these tips and wonderful tools that you shared with our audience. Um, where can people find you besides Insight Timer? I'll have to. <laughs> yeah, right. Insight Timer. I, I didn't even think of it you know, when we were talking. I'm like, all oh, right, I'm doing something tomorrow. Uh, so my website is strategic mindfulness, although it's strategic with a dash mindfulness.com. And you can go there or you can email me at strategic mindfulness with no dash at gmail.com. And, uh, and I named strategic mindfulness because uh, my interest in mindfulness isn't, as you've probably gathered from listening to me thus far, I'm not interested in people becoming good meditators. Like, it's not like, oh, great, the things I can do with my eyes closed, man. <laughs> I want your lives to be better. And there's ways, like what I just showed, ways, and that was a body language one, but ways to practically, the breath out was a mindfulness one, but ways to use mindfulness practically in your day to address issues and things like that. So I use strategic in that, ah, oh, when, am, when am I applying what technique and what's the best bang for my buck on that? So I'm very it. into practical application. <laughs> yeah, practical yeah. application of mindfulness is really my jam. Yeah. Um, so, and everyone listening, I, I have the links. So if you just want to click on them in case you forget it, it's it's there in the show notes. And then yay. on on Instagram, you are? On Instagram, 
let's see. Oh, let's see. And I've been told, I've, I've now been on these clubhouse things. I said, you need to change all your names so they're the same. And I'm like, oh. you know, I said at my age, I want credit for knowing what an app is, much less am I using it right now. On Instagram, I'm Stephanie with two underscores Nash. Uh, so just to just to be different and I'm being corrected by everyone under the age of 20 that I have to fix this and so stay tuned on that uh, I, I did just start a strategic mindfulness on Instagram I did because I, the young people told me I needed to do that and separate the, I, nice. I appreciate all these young people they help me out so much that's so fun yeah. that's so fun so um, as someone who's been on TV I'm curious what are you watching lately Ah. Uh, Oh, well, I, I'm in SAG, so I have all the SAG screeners, so I've been kind of catching oh, up on those. I know I'm supposed go. to watch them before the awards, but, you know, <laughs> there's only so much you can do. We're busy. I will say that there is a show called Mom, and it's like a hit show. I love it. Uh, first, he's got vanity cards. I don't know if you, the, the uh -huh. guy who writes it has vanity cards. So if you watch the show and you know about his show, at the end, there'll be a one flash of a card where he'll write a little thing and you have to know it's there and you stop and you read his vanity oh, cool. cards and Thanks I am in love with these vanity cards. They're funny, they're witty and he just did one going, I've been doing this for 25 years now and no one else is doing them. What's up with that? Don't other people want to have little things? You know, but he, it's just funny, witty little things. So, but he, two, he wrote Two and a Half Men. He did Mom. He's done a lot of major yeah. shows, but he, he does little vanity cards. Uh, but uh, I, I like Mom because there's a laugh every 60, every 40 seconds. Oh, good. And, you know, I used to watch, you know, Stephen Colbert. Or, yeah, I used to get my news from Stephen Colbert uh -huh. or, or John Oliver. Oliver or, or John Stewart because I needed some laughter with it, you know. <laughs> I mean, yes. but but Mom just for laughter. It, it's brilliant writing, and we're laughing at human behavior. That's so, beautiful. Where so, do you see Mom? Where do you can you stream it? You know, I TiVo everything, so I just press a button and it it, it appears. It's Mom. Uh, We'll find it. We'll find it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was terrible. That's okay. That's okay. I don't even know what network. Like I, I shot. I'm on two. Sh I've got two shows coming up that I did little parts on. I would say what networks it on, and I'm like, what shows? Tell us so we can. Oh, they're just little out. roles. Uh, I, I, I was on Black Monday a couple years ago, and they reprised the the scene I was in. So I had to look like I looked three years ago. That was fun. <laughs> And then a new show called Physical. Oh, how um, cool. That's so, so. Yeah, neat. just little things, you know, it's like my straight, my straight job is acting. I, I suddenly, you know, and acting was my life, right? It was right. who I was, my identity. But then, and, and this is the last thing I'll say, there was a day in which I had an audition. I had an acting client. I had to teach a directing class and I had a meditation client. This was all in one day. And I went, wow, all these different things. And, and I, it, and I knew how to teach everyone, but with the meditation client, I was helping them change their relationship to the voice in the head. The actor, I was helping them get on a show called Dragnet. And I thought, now what's more satisfying? In mm. a big picture, how long am I going to be on the planet? Wouldn't I rather help someone with the change their relationship to the voice in their head versus you're going to get on this TV show? And so that's when I kind of shifted my focus and let acting kind of be my straight job. And I'm lucky that 
you know, I play a mom, people hand me children, isn't that nice? You know, I, I, I have that vibe and I can, <laughs> I can cash in on that. But the, the contribution, you want to yeah. leave the planet better than we found it. And that's, that's kind of when it all, that day was when I went, ah, satisfaction. Yeah. I hadn't thought to look at that. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Changing so, yeah. that voice in your head changes everything. It does. And that's a lot of what you do with people too, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. keep changing this planet. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for coming on here and sharing all of these cool things. And um, I can't wait to catch you on Insight Timer and on <laughs> and all the places. So all the places. Yeah. If, uh, if you... Oh, and I'm starting a room on Clubhouse if you're on Clubhouse and it'll be practical application of mindfulness. Oh, I just learned what Clubhouse was a few months ago. <laughs> it's one of those apps those young people yeah, use. Yeah, so if you uh, if you have an iPhone and you need an invite, uh, reach out. Um, yeah, I have yeah. A, a few just standing still, so I, I can yeah, get some. So you can check out stuff on Clubhouse. And Woo-hoo. they're 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 droiding in beta, I think. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Dro- droid is in beta now. Good. So they have a few people to tell them what all the kinks are. <laughs> Good. But anyway, I just want to thank you for doing this, for um, for inviting me on here, giving me an opportunity to contribute to your listeners, and for you once again, you you creating this space. This is really like I'm in the acting thing, so I applaud. I go, yay! I feel that. What sensations do you feel when I applaud? Uh, but really, it's it, it's such an important contribution. So I I thank you. For what thank you're doing. you. That means that means a lot. And um, thank you for being an ally and for showing up and and helping out in in all these ways. Um, all right. So we're going to end with a quote. Um, again, everyone, if you resonated with anything Stephanie said, just reach out to her. Um, you can find her information in the show notes, or you can just rewind and listen to it again. Share this episode if you know anybody that it could help. All right. Here's the quote for today. Please remember, especially in these times of group think and the ride on chorus, that no person is your friend or kin who demands your silence or denies your right to grow and be perceived as fully blossomed as you were intended. That was from Alice Walker. Ooh, so good. Thank you once again for listening to the Coming Out Loved and Supported podcast. Please check out the show notes on how to reach out and other great resources for support groups and more. If you haven't heard this today, I love you. And yes, you are enough in all the ways. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you are the kind of person that likes to help others, then please share this with friends and family. If it helped you, then it will probably help others. Also, if you're needing support and inspiration daily, then connect with me at Life Coach Annie on Facebook. I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen today. If you could do me a favor, please leave a positive review so that more people in the LGBTQ community can find meaningful content that motivates.